0: that way about Him. Lift up your voice. Amen. If you really feel like He's wonderful. He's glorious. Uh, Yes, Lord. We praise you today. We praise you today. We praise you today. What wonderful presence of the Lord is in this place today. And we're grateful for that. And what a great Presence of people. We're glad to see you today. Amen. Turn around and look at somebody and smile with the Holy Ghost smile and tell them they look great in the house of the Lord today. Amen, 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 amen. So many great and wonderful things that we're thankful for today and uh, cannot. Thank the Lord enough for what all He has done in our life. Praise God. I was reading this week and I read of a study that they did with some college students one time. And in that study they asked them two questions. The first question was, are you happy Then the second question was, how many dates have you had this month? It was amazing, but the vast majority, 60 to 70% of them responded. They were happy. And when they were asked about dating, that didn't seem to matter. It was okay. Everything was good. So they reversed the question. And they asked, how many dates have you had this month? And then they ask, how happy are you? And it was amazing their numbers went down in the tank. Something about the human mind and what we perceive that has such a tremendous effect upon our spiritual well-being and how we perceive life. And we are living in a very conflicted age. And we are bombarded on every side by so much information and so much noise. I, I don't even have time to go into all of that today, but it is imperative that we hear the voice of the Lord and that when we come together, we come together for the purpose of really seeking Him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, all of our strength. Amen. I'm thankful for the great worship today. Come tonight. It's going to be a very special night, different Sunday night than we normally have. So don't miss. Be here. Uh, We will begin at 6.30 uh, as our normal time. But when you come in, if you come in at 6 o'clock for prayer, just come into the auditorium. The lights will be down. We will begin praying in here. So remember that. If you're going to fellowship before service, do it in the hallway, in the foyer. When you come in here, let's come in for prayer. For a few moments, if you will, uh, let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 12. And you know God is such a wonderful Lord and Savior. In so many ways, He does so many great things. Uh, All of this that's happening right now, this rain that you hear, was supposed to happen while you were on your way to church. And God just pushed it back a little bit and said, No, I don't want anybody to be discouraged from coming to the house of the Lord. I don't want them to have to fight all that stuff. So God pushed it back. Now let's open our hearts and let's open our ears to what the Spirit of the Lord might say to us today. Luke chapter 12 verse 56, 54 through verse 56. And he said also to the people. When you see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway you say, there cometh a shower, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be heat, and it cometh to pass. Ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that you do not discern this time? How is it that you do not discern this time? For a little while, I won't say a few minutes because I never keep my word on that, but for a little while, I want to talk to you about the significance of the season. Say that with me, the significance of the season. God bless you. You may be seated. This verse of scripture has been on my mind and in my spirit for the last few weeks, and I will have to tell you that it has stirred my thinking. It has stimulated my thinking. It has stirred my heart and my spirit because I've had to go back to it again and again and read it to make sure that I capture the importance of what the word of the Lord is saying. But to give you some context for our verse today, Luke chapter 12 is actually a chapter of five warnings. It begins with a warning against hypocrisy the next warning the Lord gave his, uh, the people that were gathered around him and then there were others. And then we come to this latter portion and what I consider perhaps the most significant warning of the time. Jesus was speaking to a group of people that knew so much. They were the people of the covenant covenant. They were the people who were considered to be the experts in all things concerning the law, God's covenant with mankind. They were supposed to be the protectors of the promises and the prophecies that God had given to his people. And they had so many aids and helps that would encourage them. They had the prophets that had spoken and the multitude of promises that had been made. And even now in this present moment, they had miracles that were happening all around them that should have convinced them of who he was. And yet in spite of what they knew and in spite of what they supposedly understood they had missed so much. Jesus said of them that you are good predictors of the weather. To the south of Judea was Arabia and Egypt and Ethiopia and it was from that direction that the hot winds would begin to blow over Judea and with it would come a change in the temperature and the climate and it would be hot and warm and dry because that wind came from that particular direction but then at times it would shift and it would come from the western direction and when it came from the western direction they knew that it was coming from The sea, the waters, the moisture of the Mediterranean was going to be pulled into their land. And so they knew that when the wind shifted that they would experience rain. And it happened just as they had predicted. They became experts in weather forecasting. They could look at things. They could tell the color of the sky and know whether it was going to be hot or raining. They, they were predictors of obvious things that the human eye could capture. But there were other things that they were missing. There were other things that were more important that they seemed to overlook. There were things that were more critical that had escaped their attention and though they had all of these aids and they had all of the law and the promises and all of the prophecies that had been given concerning a messiah that was to come and now they were witnesses of miracles and wonders and signs in their very cities and among their own people They failed to grasp the significance, and the Lord was puzzled by these people. He said, you understand the weather, but you fail to understand the significance of the season that has come. You fail to understand the meaning, the implications, the impact The substance that will be in this new season for you to understand where Jesus was coming from. You would have to understand the word that Jesus chose to use in reference to this particular lack on their part. And that was the word time. And in this particular context in Luke, it was A word in the Greek which literally would be translated season. And it's important that you and I understand the difference between times and seasons. And to understand that, let me just take a moment and hopefully break it down for you. So that you can understand what the Lord was trying to say to them. Now time... We understand that time is the continuum uh, 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 of uh, uh, of, uh, eternity. It's a segment of eternity that you and I are presently living in. And when we speak about time, we speak of chronological sequences to life, such as that which is linear, moving forward, continually ticking away, It had a beginning, it will have an end. It's measurable. You can count it off in seconds and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years and decades and centuries. That's time. It's marked off in those parameters. And the word that is used to describe this aspect of time is chronos, which speaks of time in its quantitative measure, the amount of it, the measure of it, the number of it, the days, the seconds, the hours, the weeks, the months, and so forth. But there is another word that is used in reference to time, and that is karyos, which is the word that Jesus used in our text. And it was not speaking about days and weeks and months, But it was speaking about a certain segment of that day or a certain segment of that month or a certain segment of that year. It was a set apart time, a specific unit of time that God had ordered and ordained for his people to receive something and learn something and know something and hear something that would change and affect their Eternity. And it was this concept of time that he was using when he said, you do not discern the time. You do not discern the season. You understand the quantitative measure of time. You understand that this is Tuesday or Sunday or Monday or Wednesday or you understand that it's 2 o'clock or 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock. You understand that it's January or February or 2022 or 2019. You get that part of it. But what you do not get is that segment that I have separated in that 2022 in which I want to do a special work. I intend to do something supernatural. I intend to bring something great to my people. And he said, that is what you are missing. And that is what you are misunderstanding. Because a season, listen to me church, a season is something that is certain and it is foreordained and determined by God for a particular time. It is a segment that God sets apart in the time continuum. In which God said, I'm going to step into that segment in a specific way. In with a specific purpose. With a specific work. With a specific activity. I have something special for that hour. And when the purposes of God in relation to our lives are fulfilled, it is always in seasons that God does that type of work let me say that again when the purposes of God when the things that God has planned for my life are fulfilled and they come to fruition in my life it is done in the seasons of my life not just in the days and the weeks of my life it is imperative that you and I understand that and accordingly Spe- seasons under that light and understanding re- reminds us that seasons are opportune times. Seasons are time for accomplishment. And this is the word that Jesus used when he spoke to these men who could look at the sky and say it's going to be hot today. Right. They could tell by the direction of the wind it's going to rain today. But here the Messiah stood in their midst and they didn't even recognize Him. He was doing miracles all around them, but they were dumb. And blind to what they were seeing. They refused to acknowledge that the Messiah had come the way he had come. And in their own minds and hearts that can't be the way Messiah would come. He's got to come as a conqueror. And here he came as a little baby in a manger. That cannot be my Messiah. And yet their true Messiah was standing in their midst doing wonders and signs and miracles. And they were completely blind to that. Though they were obvious, aware of other things. And I love how the Passion Translation says it. It said, what hypocrites. You were such experts at forecasting the weather. But you are totally unwilling to understand the spiritual significance of the time in which you are now living. The message says a change in the season has happened. A God season has come. And you're in it right now but you don't realize it. Amen. They could look at the sky and they could work out all these matters of weather, but they could not look at the things that God was doing and realize that something more significant was happening than just the weather. Listen to me, Greater Life Church. We are surrounded right now by a culture of sickness, not just a pandemic of sickness. It has become a culture of sickness. And I have a prediction to make. Whatever's happening right now, they're going to find a way to keep it mutating because they've learned how to control people through the fears of what might come on them. You can say, I'm off my rocker. That's all right. I've been off of it before. But I'm here to tell you, if that's where you have your eyes fixed, you're going to be greatly deceived and you're going to be greatly discouraged. But I've got something to tell Greater Life Church this morning. God's not worried about a pandemic or a culture that has gone crazy. God said, I have purposed that in the end, I'm going to do a work and in the end time I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh and in the end time I'm going to do miracles and wonders and signs and that's what you and I need to be looking for and that's what we need to be sensitized to see. Amen. Amen. They could know all of the weather but they didn't know how to look and see what God was up to. Amen. We have become professional predictors. We have become professional because of social media and all the access that we have. We have we're bombarded by so much stuff, we don't even know how to process all of it, and we don't even need to process it. Some of it needs just to be deleted. Delete, 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 delete. A matter of fact, there's something better than that. Why don't you put it on a hiatus and get in the Word? And get your inspiration and your influence from the Word. See how that changes your perspective on life. I'm going to tell you what I felt this morning when I came in here. I felt God coming into this building earlier to minister to us who are in this building right now, who are suffering from depression and fear and anxiety and worry and stress and all the other things that life has brought on us through a season of troubling situations that, and, 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 and. Turmoil of every kind, socially and politically, in every other way. And we have, we feel the effects. You cannot help but be affected by that or influenced by that in some way. But here we do. We come into the house of the Lord and God said, Hey, this is my people. I've come to lift them. I'm going to lift up the hands that are hanging down. I'm going to strengthen the feeble knees. I'm going to give courage to the faint. I'm going to give heart back to that one that has grown weary because it is not my will that you be worn out in this day. It is not my will that you grow weary in well-doing. And so he comes and he's ministered in this building already. today. This is what's amazing to me. That they knew the temperature was about to change. But they could not interpret the meaning Of the changes that were happening around them. They could know what they should have known what God was doing, but they didn't. We can predict the movements of the heavenly bodies, we can split atoms, we can put men on the moon, but we are often blind to what God is presently doing. In our own world. That we would not know that God is up to something in 2022. Oh listen to me folks. There was a new season that had come. There was a new day that had dawned. There was a new opportunity that was knocking at their door. And they were blind to it. They could not even realize, they could not embrace the fact of what God was wanting to do and what he had come to do. And so my curiosity gets the best of me. Why? How could this be? How could people, how could people that have so much and that should know so much, and they've got all of the proof and the evidence that they need, how could a people like that miss the Messiah? How could they do that? How, How is it possible that the Messiah could slip in and be born in their own city? And they weren't even concerned. They knew it was in the word, but they weren't even concerned enough to go to Bethlehem. They sent the wise men and said, you go see if it's true or not and come and tell us. And if it is, we'll come and worship too. How could they not see? How could they not know knowing what they knew? How could they miss what God was doing? How could that be possible? That Spirit-filled Holy Ghost feel born again believers could be overwhelmed by the fears and the stresses of life how were they not able to discern so many things but they missed they missed the really big thing and i believe it is found in jesus introductory statement concerning them He used a very strong, powerful word that we don't, we hesitate to speak, but it's what he said. So I'm going to repeat it, okay? He said, you hypocrites. That's offensive. I'm changing my church. I'm not coming back here. He said, you hypocrites. And in that one word, he revealed the reason why they had missed it. Because the word literally means something much deeper than what we associate with hypocrisy. What the word hypocrite means in the context that Jesus used it in was acceptor of faces. Acceptor of faces. Which literally translated is that all that they did was just look around at the face of things. And that's as far as they went. What a shallow way to live. What a discouraging way to live. What a depressing way to live because when I look around, it don't look too good to me. When I look around, I don't see much to encourage me. But here's what God was trying to get through to them, and I feel like God is trying to get through to Greater Life Church and your pastor. That you need to get your eyes off of what you can see in the natural and understand that there's a supernatural work that's going on here as well, and that I'm the one that's doing that supernatural work. It's not demonic. It's not from hell. It's not the Antichrist that's working. It is the Spirit of the Almighty God that moved on the face of the deep and said let there be light. I'm moving in this hour. I am speaking in this hour and you need to open your ears and open your spiritual eyes that you can see what I'm saying and what I'm doing. Amen. The trouble was they never looked beyond the surface and unfortunately there's a lot of people that that's what their spiritual life has been reduced to. It's just the surface. It's just superficial. Nothing deeper. It ought to be, but they are not certain that it could be. Apparently, but not actually. They thought so, but they didn't know so because they were acceptor of faces. They just looked at the face and that's how they... They begin to order their life. It's a dangerous thing when you live by sight. It's a discouraging thing when you live by sight. Yes, the Bible says we don't live by sight, we live by faith. We, we, we don't stoop to that lower level. That's a lower way of living. And if you live down there, you're going to miss a whole lot. As a matter of fact, if you live down there, you may wind up buying into the Antichrist, the philosophy or... If you live down there, you will be deceived at some point. But if you understand that God's always had a higher realm of living that he's trying to draw us to. And he said, what I want you to learn how to do is live by faith. And live by your faith. Live by the confidence and the assurance that I put in you. That I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never put more on you than you can bear. I'll never put you into something that I can't get you out of. Of. I'll never let anything come to your life that I cannot get you through. Oh, come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Now, before we criticize them too much, let me ask you a question: What time is it? You can look back there; it's eleven thirty-six. Look at you. That's what time it is. But what season is it? What season are you in? And we're not all in the same season. And until you understand the season, it doesn't matter what time it is. Because time is a general term, but a season is a specific arena. In which God has purposed I have this I'm going to do I have that I'm going to do I have this I have purpose. I have this I want to see accomplished This is what I've come to do And if we don't see and understand The season in which we're living We're going to miss what God Has planned and purposed in our lives To accomplish And if we're only aware of the time And we only know that it's 1136 But we don't know the season of life That we are in We are are going to miss what God is doing and so here's my question to greater life what season are we in this is the question I have been asking myself since Christmas what season are we in as a church family and not be just that but beyond that what season am I in in my own life and what season are your people in individually help us understand that because only when we understand that can we pull out of it all that God has put into it and learn all that God has purpose to give us. Do we understand the spiritual significance of the time that we are living in? What is the purpose? What is the purpose? Some of you have been through some things this past year that were heartbreaking, heartrending. You've been through things, you've had to endure things, you've had to deal with things that almost break you. But do you realize that there is a purpose in every season that God, that's where God's purposes are fulfilled in seasons. That's where God really does his work in my life is in seasons. And not all seasons are the same. And if I'm trying to do one thing in a season that's not conducive to that, I'm wasting my time, I'm frustrating my time, I'm angering myself and I'm wasting energy. There's no need to get the combine out to go reap in December. At least not in the United States. Because that's not the time to get the combine out. What it is time to do is work on the field. And make sure that the field is ready for what's coming. Because every season prepares you for the next one that's coming. And when you learn how to function in that season and work in that season. And reap the benefits of that season. And become aware of that season. And become attuned to what God's speaking to me in that season. Then when that next season comes along, I'm ready for that one. I'm ready to go into the field. I'm ready to plant the seed. I'm ready to till the soil. I'm ready to water and see the next season come to pass. But if I do not understand that in my life, I'm going to try to be planting when I should be harvesting. And I'm going to try to be harvesting when I should be just preparing ground for future use. And there are people in this building today that are frustrated. Some of you are about to give up. And you've decided you've got other things to do. Some of you are thinking about perhaps even making changes in your location or whatever because you're frustrated because you don't understand the season that you're in in your life and you think that God's against you or people are against you or this church doesn't like you or the pastor doesn't like you and the reality is you don't have eyes that can really see what God is up to. God brought you into this so he could bring you out of it. He didn't bring you into it so you would crater and fall by the wayside. He brought you in to show you something. He brought you in to reveal his power. He brought you into that season so that he could prepare you for what was still to come. Amen. So until you begin to understand the season, you don't really know what to look for or be prepared for what is coming. I believe it is a season of visitation. I believe that's what it was for them, the visitation of their Messiah. But I believe that this season that we're in is a season of visitation. I believe that God wants to visit this church in supernatural ways. I believe God wants to visit this place in extraordinary ways. I believe God wants to do things in 2022 that we've never seen God do before. God wants to do some things in our church that will enlarge our own vision of the world and help us to become givers and and, and more compassion. I believe that's where we are. We're in a season of visitation. I believe this is the end time. And the end time says that He will pour out His... Spirit upon all flesh. That's why I come to church every weekend expecting somebody to receive the Holy Ghost. That's why I come in here every weekend believing God's going to do a miracle. That's why I come in here believing that something supernatural is going to happen in this place. Why? Because we are in a season of His visitation. And we are in a time and a continuum of time where God said, I'm just going going to pour it out. I'm going to pour it out. I'm going to pour it out. I'm going to pour it out. Amen. I know that it's a season of hostility. There's It doesn't take a scientist to figure that out. The Bible says that in the end time, you'll be hated of all men for His name's sake. People aren't going to like what you and I represent. That's that's true. I'm not hung up on that. I'm not worried about that. I have something better to show them. There's hope. I believe that it's a season of distraction for some people. It's a season where... They, they're drifting aimlessly. They don't really have any any set direction. They're just, they come. They, you even come to church, but you really don't have any real drive. You don't have any real passion or, or, or burden or hunger or focus. You're just here going through the routine, doing the motion. Always, I've done that. That's just my life. And so it, it's an hour of distraction. And then there's a season of deception that we're in. Obviously, the lies that are being told around and all the stuff that we're dealing with. With is all preparatory to the big lie that's going to come across. And that's the Antichrist being the answer to the problems of the world. And so, all the lies that we're hearing every day, that all of that is doing is preparing us for the really big lie that's coming. But that's not what my focus is. My focus is on the fact that not only is this a time of visitation, but I believe it's a time of harvest and it's a time of opportunity. And so here is my question today. Some of you have been in the midst of the greatest adversity you've ever dealt with in your spiritual journey. My question to you today is, what opportunity have you found in your adversity? Because with every adversity, God always puts in An opportunity. For every trial. For every heartbreak. There's a healing. For every trial. And every test. There is a diploma. For every adversity. There is an opportunity. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Would you quit fighting your adversity? Would you quit allowing your adversity to overwhelm you? Would you quit sinking deeper into your adversity and look around and start asking, okay, God, what's the purpose in this? There's got to be a reason why this hasn't just happened because I'm a backslider or because I'm not living where I need to live. This is not just happening because I haven't been praying. There's got to be something. You're trying to get my attention. You're trying to wake me up. What are you trying to show me, God? And I believe what God is trying to show us in the midst of our adversity is that there's our greatest opportunity. To show how good and powerful God is and great and mighty He can be in the midst of our trouble. So let me ask you this. Some of you have been through the most painful experiences of your life this past year. Some of you haven't talked about it to anybody. It's been a private hell that you've lived through. Pain. Like, I'm not talking about physical pain. I'm talking about emotional pain. I'm talking about that which you cannot get away, you can't take a pill to relieve it. It's a heartbreak and a heartache that you lay down on your pillow at night with, and when you wake up in the morning, that pain is still there. So my question is, what progress have you discerned God wanting you to make in your pain because there's always a revelation when pain comes to my life that God's trying to show me something. And Paul was much like you and I. He did what all of us do. God, why, why have you let this happen to me? Why? Oh, it hurts. Oh, it's painful. God, oh God, take it away. I don't want this pain. And all the Lord could say to him was, My grace is sufficient. Paul didn't get it, just like I don't get it. That's not the answer I'm looking for. That's not the phone call that I was expecting. I want somebody to say, oh, you poor guy, you don't deserve that. It is terrible what people are doing to you. uh But could it be that pain comes to my life? To help me understand that God has a progress He wants to fulfill. He wants to bring me to a better place. He wants me to understand that you can live with a thorn in your flesh and still serve God and still worship Him and still praise Him. Oh, listen to me. I I, I don't want to get delayed here, but... David, we all know David. He was the giant killer. He was the lion slayer. He was the bear grabber. He just took that bear with his hands, I guess. I don't know. It's what the Bible indicates. He just ripped his jaws apart. Dislocated it. The lion, the bear, he dealt with. He did away with it. I don't know that he ever had another problem with a lion or a bear. I I would imagine word got out among the bear community. Don't go down into that valley. Don't go around that boy. But do you know there was a giant that David never could kill? And he was a thorn in his flesh all the days of his life. And you know what that thorn was? You know what that giant was? It was a man by the name of Saul. The Bible said that Saul sought him every day. Can you imagine being so obsessed? with hatred for somebody that every morning you wake up the only thought that's in your mind is how can I get him how can I trap him how can I find him and Saul lived out and that, all of that venom and vengeance flowed out of him and David was fully aware of that and so David hid in the caves and he had opportunities to slay Saul he had opportunities to kill Saul but he refused to put his hand on God's anointed there's a great lesson there folks you better be careful what you touch that God has anointed, because God's not going to smile favorably on you when you do that. And David said, "I'm not messing with that. I'm going to let God take care of." You. So how how did David defeat his giant? How did he defeat this Saul that plagued him every day? It was during that season of his life. He wrote the most powerful Psalms that are recorded in the book of Psalms. Almost all of them are filled with praise. All of them are filled with worship. All of them are filled with gratitude. And that's how you and I are going to kill some giants in our lives. Uh, instead of praying for the pain to go away, you need to start praising God that he can keep you. You have been the pain. Uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Woo. feel the Holy Ghost right <laughs> I'll tell them i right there. I want, I want praise to be what pain produces in my life. And the only way that you can let that happen is to get your eyes off the faces. Because as long as this is all you keep seeing, you're going to keep being irritated with me. You're going to keep being annoyed by me. Every time you come to church, they're going to show right up and they're going to want to sit right beside you. And they're going to be the first one to come and hug your neck and say, oh, I just love you. And you're thinking, you hypocrite. You lied. You, you put all that stuff on Facebook and you, you've said this to You've done this to people. As long as this is all you see, then all you're going to know is how hurtful and painful. But if you can ever get beyond the faces... If you can ever get beyond this, this substance that we are so tied to. And you can realize that God has a purpose. God has a purpose. God planned something. He said, I knew you before you were born and I wrote all your members in my book. Not only did he write those members in his book, I believe he wrote out my purpose in that book and I believe that he then put in seasons in my life where that purpose could be brought to fruition. And if I don't understand that, I'm going to miss what God's trying to do. And that's what my fear is for Greater Life Church, that we can become so obsessed with the peripheral that we miss the supernatural and we do not realize what God is up to in this hour and what God is preparing and what God is ready to do and we can get our eyes past the surface and get it off the face and get it on His face I'm I'm just going to stop here I'm not going any further the Holy Ghost is I can't go any further. Some of you, I'm preaching, I love you to death, but you have been tied up by face for the last several months. Some person, somebody that just has irritated you, hurt you, dealt you misery, made you feel worthless, you need to get your eyes off of that face and get your eyes You need to realize that there's a season that God has purposed in your life. God has put in that season a visitation and anointing. Oh, God has purposed An anointing to come in that season. Do you realize what could have happened in the New Testament church if those he had come to had embraced him? Do you realize how quickly that could have transformed the world? How fewer fights there would have been? how fewer adversities there would have been if that group of people that he came to, but they were so consumed with faces. What is the face that you're consumed by today? may not be a person, it may be some situation, but you're just consumed by that face. And as much as you try to put it out of your mind, it keeps slipping back in. The Holy Ghost has sent me today to tell you it's time for you to look beyond the face. Look beyond all of this because I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And so I've been praying, God, help me. Help me to know what you're doing. In my own life. Where I'm supposed to be right now. Oh God. Oh God help me. Help me to know the time. But more importantly help me to know what season that I am in in my life. And to stop fighting. Trying to get into another season You just close your eyes bow your heads if you have the Holy Ghost today I'm asking you to reach out to God right now I'm asking you to start talking to God I need some intercessors I need some people that can feel the burden of the Lord I need some people that feel and sense the urgency of the hour I need some folks that will push back push beyond the flesh the flesh that's that face Push beyond the flesh. Push beyond the flesh. Woo. Oh, Hallelujah! What is God up to right now? What is God prepared to accomplish? What is he prepared to give? What is. <laughs> mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. Have I not spoken? Have I not made my message clear? Have I not come today to pull back the curtain to help you see what is here, what is available, what is yours? My purpose today is to help you Get your eyes off of faces. And get your eyes on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet with me right now, church? Oh, Holy Ghost, come right now. Help me, God. Forgive me, oh God, of my own carnality, my sin my failures, my faults. Forgive me today, God, of allowing the flesh, allowing, Lord, this the surface, this stuff. God, help me. Help me today. 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 Help me. Oh, I just want to see your face, Lord. I, I want to feel your heartbeat, Lord, today. I just want to hear your voice today. I want to hear you, Lord. If you would come to the altar, I encourage you to come to the altar. If you don't feel comfortable then, doing that, I would ask you to bow where you are. Don't leave this building without doing that. Give God an opportunity to visit with you today. Would you do that come on come on come on god here i am today your heart i want i want lord to know i just want to worship oh god help me today help me today help me today. i just want to see jesus right now right now right now